Welcome to Tea with Gaia. Our guests this evening are two successful regression therapists and trainers, Andy Tomlinson and Reena Kumarasingham. Andy is the principal trainer for the Academy of Past Life Regression. He is a registered psychotherapist, IBRT certified past life therapist, and MNI Certified Life Between Lives Regression Therapist. From a background of being a graduate in psychology, Andy has been trained in hypnotherapy, psychotherapy and regression therapy. He has had a private practice dedicated to past life and regression therapy since 1996 and is a founder member of the European Association of Regression Therapy. Andy's book, Healing the Eternal Souls, is recognized as an extremely valuable contribution and advancement to the field of regression therapy. He is highly experienced and is a fantastic instructional trainer. Our next guest this evening is Reena Kumarasingham. Reena is a psychology graduate, certified hypnotherapist, neurolinguistic programming practitioner, life between lives and regression therapist. She is the director of Divine Aspects that has a vision of totally empowering people as the journey towards embracing and honoring their own authentic being through life coaching, regression therapy and hypnotherapy. Rina is also the creator of Divine Essence that has a range of transformational oils for emotional and energetic enhancement. Welcome to the call, Andy, and welcome to the call, Rina. Thank you, Gaia, for having us. Thank you. Hey, thank you, Gaia. Thank you. So, Andy, could you tell us a bit about yourself and how you got into the field of past life regression? Well, it really started when I was in uh, corporate uh, and I left the job that I had and one of the wonderful things about closing one door is other doors open. And I was drawn to work with hypnosis, not really knowing where it was going to and really enjoyed my time doing a short course on hypnosis. And then eventually that led into becoming a, a psychotherapist over a four-year period. But there was something missing from the practice, and I wasn't really too sure what it was. And one day a friend gave me a book about past lives, and I put the book on the shelf, meaning to read it. And I kept having these thoughts, it'd be quite useful to read that book until eventually one day I pulled the book off the shelf and was absolutely fascinated by the uh, amazing experiences people can have when they go into past lives. I thought to myself, wow, I wonder how I could be trained in that. And, you know, within a week, a letter had come through my letterbox inviting me to a weekend training seminar on past lives 
and it was only just five or ten minutes away by car and really the strange thing is the person who was giving it was the very author of the book that I'd been reading mm -hmm. and of course this particular person did most of his work in America so to be in the UK was very unusual and at the time I thought this was quite a lucky coincidence I've later discovered this is called synchronicity. Yes. When important events are meant to happen, then um, everything just seems to flow. Mm. And I went along to that weekend event and just realized that this was the piece of healing that I was really looking for. And in fact, almost a lot of the work that I'd learned before could be put onto one side as I fully embraced this wonderful work of using regression, particularly with past lives, to help people with uh, healing. And it was particularly difficult, different than the work that I'd done before, because with this work, there was a strong spiritual perspective. In other words, people were able to discover something about themselves and get spiritual insights, which were quite transforming which all of the other therapeutic approaches, the more traditional ones that I'd been involved with before, just really didn't touch. Mm. And of course, once I started with this, then I fully embraced it. And after a number of years as a, uh, a therapist using regression, I started to, to do my own training. And again, another piece of synchronicity, I'd had 12 years in corporate training managers, mm. not really knowing why that should happen. But of course, as soon as I started to train therapists, I realized that all of my skills that I had before were able just to come in and be of help to me. Mm -hmm. And I think <clears throat> this is one of the things that I've just since discovered happens to a lot of people on the spiritual path, that when they're on the right path, all the pieces of the jigsaw seem to come together in the most amazing way and it feels exactly being in the right place and doing the right thing. And this is my story of how I was drawn into working with regression. Well, thank you for sharing that, Andy. That was beautiful. Um, Rena, could you tell a bit about yourself and how did you get into this? Sure. Um, I was born into um, a Hindu family and so I guess that my um, my interest in past life started when I was a little girl and I was always fascinated with it. I remember once my uncle asked me, I was telling him all the different interests I had and one day he, he said to me, he says, how come you're interested in A, B and C and not X, Y and Z? Do you think you've had a past life in those places? And that actually made me sit down and made me think. You know, I'm like, hmm, you know, I'm really interested in past lives. And I've also been interested in therapy, um, which is why I pursued a degree in psychology uh, when I was in university. Mm -hmm. And then, as luck may have it, um, I then also pursued a business degree. And I entered the corporate world for about 10 years because at that time I didn't feel I was ready to actually be a therapist. I didn't feel like I had um, enough emotional maturity. I didn't feel that I had enough experience. Um, so I went into the corporate world. Mm 
mm-hmm. uh, which I enjoyed for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And then one day, um, I received, a, I saw an advertisement about a one-day workshop that Andy Tomlinson was doing in Singapore with Antoinette Bielmeyer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was really curious to find out how you could combine past lives and therapy. And so I went to this workshop, had an amazing, amazing experience there. And But at that time, I still didn't feel I was ready to give up the corporate world and to pursue regression therapy full-time. Mm-hmm. And I have a body that actually tells me when things are over, you know, when it's, when it's time for me to move on. So my back gave in mm-hmm. one day. Mm-hmm. And... Then I think four weeks later, I resigned from my corporate world, and my back miraculously became a lot better, mm-hmm. and I was looking for things to do, and regression therapy was um, being conducted. Training in re- regression therapy was being conducted in Singapore, mm-hmm. and then I started regression therapy, and I haven't looked back since. And then I, I started my own practice in regression therapy, did the life between life therapy, and now this is my life, and I'm, it's amazing. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. It sounds like you both are really enjoying the work you do. Yeah. And there, I, and there is a common thread. And actually, between all three of us, we've all had um, some time in the corporate world. Yeah, that that is true. Mm. And and I think this is a very important point, especially for people walking in the spiritual path that. Um, I think there used to be a perception that people who are walking the spiritual path could be a little bit, uh, what's the word, eccentric, a little bit out there, yes. you know, but I think more and more people who used to ha- who used to work in the corporate world, who are real, are walking the spiritual path, which I think then makes it a lot more accessible to more people, yes. you know what I mean, yeah. Yes. Now, could you both um, share a bit of what is, to all our listeners out there, what is past life regression, a brief intro to it? Okay. Well, if I could uh, just make a start. Before we actually talk about how past lives can be used, there may be some users here who may not have had their own experience of a past life or they may not have fully embraced the idea. So it may be worthwhile just recapping a little bit about the question, is there such a thing as past lives or, you know, are uh, past lives real? Mm. And I think that question is probably best answered by looking at some of the amazing research that's been done by a gentleman called Ian Stevenson, who was a professor of parapsychology at the University of Virginia, mm-hmm. and he worked with over 2,000 children, um, often children who were just first starting to talk, many of them in third world countries that didn't have access to the uh, media, TV and radio and, and things of that nature, and they were getting spontaneous past lives. Mm-hmm. And he went through with a team of people investigating the stories to find out whether there was enough information for it to be considered um, as a a real past life. And he went through and uh, interviewed all of the witnesses and also 
went back several years later looking for signs of fraud and he discovered the most amazing thing. Some of these children had up to 40 separate incidents that could be verified by independent witnesses that were sources of information that couldn't possibly have been obtained anywhere else. <clears throat> Some of them often quite small and obscure pieces of information, but not the information that someone would normally expect. For example, one child remembered a time in her other life where she went to a wedding and got diarrhea and had to go to the toilet. Mm. Well, you know, very obscure fact, but only the immediate witnesses to that actually knew it. Mm. Another child had hidden away a toy in a favourite spot, and even the parents didn't know that, and when they went through and pulled back a small stone, they discovered the um, the uh, the toy in exactly the place where the other person said it being hidden. Mm -hmm. So when a lot of this evidence comes together with children, it's very hard to find any explanation for it other than at least those children must have had another past life. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, if adults experience past lives, <clears throat> there can always be lots of explanations such as well, maybe they read about it, or <clears throat> or maybe it had been, uh, <clears throat> it had come through some other way. But when children who are first starting to talk come out with these stories, and some of them even had, one of them even had a strange dance that was only known by the region of where she'd had in her former past life. Mm -hmm. So with children, there's a lot of really good evidence for that. Um, and of course, if some people have past lives, as in the case of these children, then it's only a small step to say, well, maybe we all have past lives. Mm. <clears throat> and there's also been some remarkable work done with uh, near-death experiences mm. of people who have heart attacks <clears throat> and all the known signs of life are extinguished, such as breathing and brain activity, yet when the people are resuscitated afterwards are able to record conversations and are looking down at the scenes from above. And this work is being done within the medical world and actually written in The Lancet, the uh, one of the main um, medical magazines, uh, based on a um, seven-year study in, in Holland. Mm -hmm. with 260 um, uh, patients mm -hmm. and this at least kind of indicates that um, something survives physical death as we know it mm. and of course if you link the two together these two are very very useful um, aspects to indicate that something survives death and this is the part we often refer to as our soul or as the, the energy of our soul that simply moves from one life to another in order to experience and grow. Yeah. And it also explains why uh, people who may die at a young age, and a lot of people just really can't understand why someone would have a life and die at a young age, when it's seen in a bigger continuum of many lives, then if some lives are short, you know, and the uh, that aspect that 
continue to have a life is eternal, then a short life is really no consequence. And it might very well be beneficial for those people that are around. You know, for example, if a soul chose to have the life of a baby that died of a young age, mm. it may be to allow the mother and the father to experience and work through grief so that they could, at a soul level, have that experience. Mm. So there's a lot of evidence to support uh, lives. And in fact, um, when uh, people uh, are taken into their own experiences, they often have subjective experiences which help them come to the conclusion that at least some of those are real and mm. some of the factors that they consider are things like um, being able to feel at some level the emotions or body sensations of the life, which isn't the sort of thing that people would normally have if they were creating a story. Mm -hmm. um, Often the story emerges as a complete surprise. And I had one a client who was an author of uh, books, and her past life was very similar to the sorts of uh, books that she used to write. Mm -hmm. But she said afterwards, but the ending is totally different. I would never ever have an ending like that in any of my uh, books. <laughs> so again, when these stories emerge, often as a complete surprise to the... Um, at the client, then this is another indicator that the past life is, is real. Can I, um, yeah. can I just add something there? Um, I've had a client who's come to me and while we're in the past life session, started to speak a completely different language mm -hmm. that she had no idea of she she didn't she didn't know what language it was, but she started to prattle on and mm -hmm. um, in a completely different language. Um, and later on, I think she did some research. She went on the on the net and listened to some phonetics, and she has um, narrowed the the language down to possibly an ancient language of Aramaic or uh, Phoenician. You know, one of those languages. Mm -hmm. But she had never heard it before, never experienced it before. And as she w when she came out of the session, she remembered that she was. Talking. She was talking very, very slowly because the language was very unfamiliar to her tongue. Mm -hmm. So it, was, it came out very slowly, very deliberately. Mm -hmm. um, but see, that's another indication that she's remembering something, you know, that it is real, that it's coming from a memory. Yes, and most of my clients um, would ask me, Gaia, but how do you validate that that was, you know, that was my past life or that was real? I mean... Yes, you can say that I've, you know, had a lifetime in Egypt, but how do I get that validation that I really did have? So what would your comment be to that? Um, well, from a therapeutic point of view, uh, it doesn't really matter mm -hmm. because the therapist would simply be asking questions and the story emerges. And it's these stories that are incredibly powerful in the healing process. Mm -hmm. And we'll give you uh, one or two examples of this uh, a little later. Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to actually proving whether they're real or not, um, as I was saying before, when you get remarkable accounts such as Rena's been talking about, mm -hmm. then for an adult, that would be extremely good indication that it was um, anything other than 
something that was coming from their creativity part of their mind. And mm. um, but apart from the uh, the aspect of the story merging in a way that they wouldn't have expected, it's almost like the conscious mind is an observer watching the story and being absolutely amazed at what happens. Yeah. Um, but the other factors are that, uh, and this is probably the most important from a therapeutic point of view, um, that there's a pattern that can be recognized between the past life and the current life. Right. Often people recognize intuitively some of the people in the past life working out in the current life. Mm-hmm. And it's this pattern and this link which is one of the clues as to why past life therapy can be very effective. Mm-hmm. Because what appears to happen, and this has been substantiated now by the most amazing research uh, that's been done in the experiences between these past life stories uh, using a very, very deep um, uh, trance. Uh, this has been pioneered now over 30 years mm-hmm. and was originally started by um, uh, a wonderful gentleman called Michael Newton and one or two other pioneers uh, who were starting more or less at the same time. And they, quite by accident, when they were working with past lives, gave an incorrect command and suddenly found a whole story emerging of not being in a physical body but being in energy form. Wow. And this was later found to be the events that souls experience between lives. And uh, he's uh, written about his, uh, his research, probably his most uh, famous book is called um, Journey of Souls. Mm-hmm. And I drew on this and added more to it when I wrote my book called Exploring the Eternal Self. Mm-hmm. And if this is now being done with over 10,000 clients, uh, with hundreds of therapists who've been trained in using these techniques around the world with all of the cultures, mm-hmm. then, you know, this is probably the largest piece of research that's been done when there's a consistency of the type of story, the, of the major events that occur, yeah. that at least that aspect of past lives is real. Mm. But just coming back to your original question, if someone comes in and has a past life and they want to know, is it real? Mm. Um, well, it's their subjective experience. You know, if we have a dream mm. and we were to say, is the dream real? Mm. Well, you know, who knows? I mean, we could argue um, from a philosophy point of view both it's real and it's not real. Mm. But for most people, if they have an experience and it's coming from them, for them it's real. Mm-hmm. You know, just because we've created this word real and imaginary, it doesn't mean to say we have to use it all the time. True. I mean, some of the, um, the traditions of the indigenous tribes simply don't have that word. Mm. And every experience someone has is real. Mm. It's their reality. Mm. So I think the important thing with the work we do in terms of are these experiences real is the therapists are trained to ask questions. They don't give any leading suggestions of any sort. And whatever it is that emerges, often in uh, hypnosis or in trance, 
are coming directly from the clients themselves. Mm-hmm. And that was my question to you, Andy. I was about to ask you, what happens in a typical session? Okay, we'll perhaps ask Rina to um, give an example of one of these from one of her case studies. Yes, Rina. So you want to know what a, yes. a process is, right? Yes, so what please. I normally do is, um, firstly, we have to make the client feel really comfortable because when someone comes to you for a regression, um, it's a very intense experience mm-hmm. and it is an experience where the client has to go into one of their more vulnerable aspects, mm-hmm. especially if they're coming for regression therapy. Right. So I think the, the, first, the most important thing is to make sure the client is comfortable with you right. and the client is able to trust you because if they're not able to trust you, if they're not able to open up, then you know, their, their regression session is not going to be a successful one. Mm. Um, secondly, the, the other thing we do is we set objectives for their session. So what we do is we say, what changes would you like to see mm-hmm. after your session? What aspect do you want to look at? What issue do you want to look at? This then makes it a little bit more clinical right, in the right. sense where there is a target objective to be met Mm-hmm. And they can actually see and perceive the changes in themselves. So it, it's a, it's a very it's I'm not going to say goal oriented, but it's it's quite um, they are able to notice a difference mm-hmm. when you do this. Um, and then we take the client into hypnosis, mm-hmm. where and hypnosis is nothing more than taking them into a very deeply relaxed state where um, the conscious mind, which normally drives the, the car, actually during hypnosis then takes the passenger seat and the subconscious mind takes the driver's seat. Mm-hmm. And because they're incredibly relaxed, um, they're able to access any of the memories, any of the emotions from the subconscious mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they're finally... Uh, relaxed, in, in a relaxed state, um, then we guide them into a past life. And we do that by setting in, an intent, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's a past life that their subconscious mind or higher mind picks for them, uh, or a past life that takes them to the core of the issue that they want to work with. Right. Yeah. Now, the most uh, another question that I get is that um, if they have had if they go back into their past life and they're having an ending, they're dying in their past life, how do they deal with that in a session with you? What we do is we actually take them to that, because that death point is quite an important point. Yes. Because that's where we determine what kind of emotions they're carrying. Yes. Or, you know, um, the, the difficult emotions that they are carrying, mm-hmm. um, that they have not resolved. Mm-hmm. And we also find out what sort of thoughts are going with that emotion. Right. Because that's what they have taken with them mm-hmm. that has come back in in this life, for example, and it, it's a challenge for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that is an, an important point. Um, so we can transform that in a few ways. One is we can... And the client intuitively knows exactly what emotion they're having because they're feeling it. So just quickly going back to the question of is this real, if something is created or if something is imagined, the depth of emotion, the intensity of the emotion that is felt is not as 
great as it is felt when you're bringing a memory up. Right. Right? So sometimes during a session, there are cathartic, there, there, you know, there's just catharsis coming up. There's crying, there's anger, mm. pure joy where people just start laughing, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And, and this is when you know that the experience is real, that the, emo- that the experience is being drawn out from a memory. And you know? how, however much they want to, the individual can't fake that. No, you can't fake that. You yeah. really, and I've had lots of clients who come up going, oh, I didn't expect that to happen, you know, mm-hmm. because of the depth of emotion that they are feeling, mm-hmm. you know, and that's a, a, a strong indication of, of something that's been drawn up from the memory. Mm-hmm. So, sorry, back to the death point. Um, so then we use these emotions and we transform them. We either transform them by giving them a, a different perspective, mm-hmm. Uh, we can transform them by taking them back to that particular um, scene in that past life that was the root cause of that emotion mm-hmm. and show them a new insight or, again, a new perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can also be a resolution with a relationship with somebody that they had in that particular past life and they're seeing similar patterns reemerge with another person in this past life, the same soul. Mm-hmm. Right, um, and because the subconscious mind is very literal, it's more literal than the conscious mind. When you transform the memories, the subconscious mind accepts it as as it being literal. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then so then the higher mind, subconscious mind is quite happy that the insights got, the perspective got, has been received, the emotion has been transformed, and. That's how we, that's the transformational aspect, mm-hmm. mostly for that particular past life. Right. Andy, um, in your experience, have you noticed that when they go back to their past lives and probably their fathers, their siblings, their spouse, do they, those members also share this lifetime with them? Is that a common thing that occurs? Um, yes, it is. And it, What's been found in the research through the uh, clients who experience their soul memories between lives is that groups tend, uh, soul tend to work in small groups that are referred to as soul groups. Mm-hmm. And they often take different roles in different lives, maybe son and daughter, daughter and wife, but not necessarily always family. Um, perhaps it could be work colleagues. Mm-hmm. And they play different roles in order to uh, resolve some particular emotional lesson that they've decided to come down for. Mm-hmm. So this is very, very common, and this is, again, it's this sort of deeper insight that's uh, quite useful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just if I can build a little bit on what Rena was saying and give you a case study, mm-hmm. it might indicate a little bit about how past life regression therapy can be incredibly powerful in the healing process. Yes. Uh, this was a professional accountant who came in to see me. Right. And she had had a problem, well, she had two problems. The, the major problem that she had was she kept having these thoughts, they've taken my children away. Mm-hmm. And she wasn't married and she never had any children, so I had to just be check again. I said, are you absolutely sure? She said, yes, it's they've taken my children away. Mm -hmm. She said, and I've tried to have 
Uh, and whenever I have these thoughts, I get so angry and tears roll down my face and sometimes I have to take a day off from work. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is she says, I keep having these thoughts about stealing. And she said, being the accountant of the company, it's a little embarrassing for me because it's my job to make sure that all the accounts are, are in order. Mm-hmm. So we decided we would focus with the stronger of these two, which was the um, thoughts that she had about um, they've taken my children. Mm-hmm. And she tried to have traditional, she had had traditional um, therapy before. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, people had suggested, well, why don't you put in a different thought into your head instead of that particular one? And obviously, you won't feel the same emotions. And she said, well, I try to do that, but I can't. The thought keeps coming back. So when I worked with her, um, I quickly took her into a story that appeared to be a past life, where she was a, a woman with two children living in medieval England, without a husband. The husband of the children had left and never come back. Mm-hmm. And she was living a simple existence of caring for the children, um, picking foods and uh, another food from the forest, mm-hmm. and trading with the local villagers for some uh, extra supplies by doing simple herb work for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and this eventually got to the uh, attention of some religious uh, order. Right. And one day there was the banging on the door, four men burst in, two of them held her, and the third one uh, the, the, uh, took one of her children and the fourth one took her other child. Mm-hmm. And she was taken away, accused of being a witch. And burnt at the stake. And, well, the story that she had was... She was taken to the river by the local uh, village right. and tied to a piece of uh, a plank. And what they were doing at that time in England to find out if she really was a witch mm-hmm. was to submerge her under the water. Mm. And if she came up alive, the water would reject her, so therefore she was a witch because she was evil. <laughs> and if she was good, she would drown, mm. and oh dear, they'd made a mistake. <laughs> so she realized that whether she was taken away and burnt at the stake or whether she drowned, her life was over. Mm-hmm. But all her concern was about the children, mm. because in medieval England, it was hard enough for people to feed their own family, mm. let alone two other children. Mm. Uh, so she went through the, uh, the death of that life with the anger that she had towards the injustice that was done towards her mm. and this thought, you know, what's going to happen to my children? Mm. And um, that's how that life uh, finished. Mm-hmm. And how it works with past lives and reincarnation is that if something isn't resolved in one lifetime, mm-hmm it gets rolled over to the next lifetime. So the core memory, which in her case was anger, and this thought about the children, was carried forward into a current life. Mm -hmm. And 
when events happened that triggered the anger in the workplace, then these thoughts about the children came through, mm -hmm. and that's what was actually happening. Now, when you go to the source of any problem, it's a lot easier to do the transformation, and True. Uh, the transformation is an incredibly important part in the work that we do. Mm -hmm. And through intuitive insights, she was able to discover that the children were actually looked after and didn't blame her, which was a tremendous relief for her as she got these spiritual insights. But she still found it hard to forgive the, um, these religious people that had um, falsely accused her. So I took her into another past life where she had an experience with them and it turned out that in this life, she'd been a thief. She'd stolen some paintings that uh, these people were responsible for. Certainly some of the people are. And they'd gone out and chased her and she got shot, fell off a horse, mm -hmm. trying to escape with the paintings and was uh, hung on the spot. Mm -hmm. But for her, because she'd been a perpetrator in that life, and as she had this intuitive insight that some of the people who were the victims of what she'd done were the perpetrators in the life of being the that lady who'd been drowned, it was as if almost like she understood. Mm. She had enough knowledge of the bigger picture to be able to let go of her... Um, anger towards them and the feedback from her after therapy was really amazing and mm. um, her thoughts had completely gone about uh, looking after the children in fact it had come up once she said there weren't any emotions and she was able to quickly dismiss the thoughts mm -hmm. as oh yeah that's that thought from the past life i can let it go so not only did she have a remarkable um, transformation of thoughts mm -hmm. she also said um, all her worries about stealing things had gone mm -hmm. because she recognized that in the second of those lives that was the source of the concerns that she had about her stealing right and, yeah, and another and just one one last thing if I can just mention it and this is the remarkable thing about this sort of work is one of the things that she'd never told me at the time is she found it very hard to stand up to people in authority. Mm. And of course the pattern with these uh, religious people who were people in authority um, is all of a sudden another pattern. Yeah. And she said shortly after therapy, she'd been parking a car and slightly banged the car with another car. Out came um, a businessman dressed up, pointing his finger at her, <laughs> shouting at her. And she said, normally my legs would have turned to jelly. She said, but now, I just turned around to him and said, it was as much your fault as mine. Beautiful. And was absolutely amazed how that aspect of her life had been resolved as well. Mm. So often what happens when people do go back to the source of the problems, mm. it not only clears the immediate thing they come for, but quite often can resolve other aspects of the life that they never realised were related. And that was my question to you as well, because I was about to ask you if, um, now, it's traumas and phobias they could overcome by doing a session, but supposing 
um, in a marriage, the couple were having difficulty um, resolving any issue, would it benefit them to individually have a past life regression and see whether they had a lifetime together and there was any unresolved issues there that they brought into this lifetime? Totally. I think there was once when I was doing training, and Andy can jump in if, if I can't, if, if I get the case study a bit wrong, because I remember we had some participants there they were husband and wife, mm -hmm. and we were doing the past lives, and the husband and wife partnered different people, mm -hmm. but I think they both went into a past life together, Right. and and the, the, the wife came back basically saying that she went into a life um, when she was in one of these German, these concentration camps in Germany, mm -hmm. and she had, she had had quite a, a, a tragic death you know, quite a, a cathartic death, mm. um, but she missed her brother, mm -hmm. you know, and, and there, was, there was some experience with her brother, and then when it was time for the husband to share his experience, he then said, ooh, you know, I was the brother, uh -huh. you know, in that life, and so he basically told, gave his experience as he had had it, Right. you know what I mean, so, so it is possible it is very possible that husband and wife brothers and sisters family mom members mother father whoever you know they may, they may have had a life together mm -hmm. and that in order to resolve it to gain insight um yes for them to come for sessions or to do past life regression and to help give them a little bit more insight mm -hmm. to the core issue right that they're having. Okay. Yes. Now, most of us um, would have read um, Past Life Regression was made quite popular by the book Many Masters, Many Lives. Mm -hmm. And in that, he talks about how she became more intuitive and more psychic after a series of sessions. Now, do you notice that happening with your clients and you personally as well, if you've been through a couple of them? I. When I did the training with Andy mm -hmm. uh, to become a therapist, I think we went, all of us went into six, seven regression sessions, mm -hmm. um, you know, and because clearing ourselves is important when we're going to be a therapist, right? So we don't reflect uh, someone else's challenge and we can be there and hold the space a lot better for them and help them a lot better. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I have found that I'm a lot clearer. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm a lot clearer, my energy is a lot cleaner, and yes, I have been a lot more intuitive because my baggage has been cleared, so I can tune into people, I can tune into situations a little bit more, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So uh, that's been my personal experience. Right. Andy, yeah. I have a question for you. Now, when we talk about uh, the art of manifesting and wanting to create the life we want and knowing that everything is through us and not situations that happen to us. So we are co-creators with source energy. Now, how could past life regression complement someone when they want to manifest, uh, for example, if they are going through extreme poverty in their lives? Um, it, I think it's really to help discover what it is that's stopping them from manifesting what's important for them in their life. Mm -hmm. I mean, for example, it, an analogy could be a little bit like um, life is a little bit like being in a car mm -hmm. and driving in a land where there's no signposts anywhere. Mm -hmm. 
that tell you what the speed limits are. Mm. And you have to go along and experience it. And if all of a sudden someone stands out and says, oops, hang on, you've been going too fast, mm. um, and give you a fine, then you remember what it is you've got to do. And that's a little bit like when we go through life and we have negative emotions that come through. Mm. It's like warning us that there's something that we have to do differently. But sometimes people have got cars that maybe don't respond properly. Maybe they they want to uh, slow down when they get to an area where they think it's the speed limit, but the car accelerator just suddenly doesn't respond. And that's when you need to go in and get the car repaired so that the car then responds to exactly the instructions that the car driver wants to give it. And it's a little bit like that with our emotions. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes we may want to choose to have a life of joy and to be able to manifest the things we want, but we keep getting these negative emotions that seem to come up and take away joy from us and stop us from really being who we could be. And I think this is where this sort of regression work is incredibly powerful. And perhaps one thing I just need to add that we haven't really talked about at the moment, um, a lot of the regression work we uh, we do with clients isn't necessarily just in past lives. Mm -hmm. It can be in the current life. Right. Um, you know, people, for example, may have had uh, post-traumatic stress, maybe in childhood, some sort of abuse or... Um, either psychologically or uh, physical abuse of various sorts. Mm. Um, maybe it's from parents who don't even realise they're actually doing abuse. But as a child, we blame ourselves for maybe parents splitting mm. and the parents never really realised that it caused such a trauma. Mm -hmm. So regression therapy can go to the source of problems in this life as well as past lives or maybe if it's a theme that's continuing, then uh, not only do we go into the past lives and help clients resolve those emotional uh, difficulties, but actually to clear them from the current life as well. Mm -hmm. And of course, then when we've cleared those, and it's much easier to bring in those positive emotions into relationships and to grow and develop. I mean, one of the most powerful things two people could ever do in a relationship is to make an agreement with each other that whenever a negative emotion comes up, mm -hmm. to own it. Right. You know, for example, if someone has a phobia for a spider mm. and someone says the word spider, mm. the word who, person who says the word spider doesn't cause the other person to have the emotion. They just simply trigger an unresolved emotional problem in the other person. Mm -hmm. So if two people in a relationship can acknowledge that they may have all sorts of previous things going on in their life that causes negative emotions to come through, mm -hmm. that their partner is just simply a trigger, yeah. not causing it. Um, and then when they're prepared to go into their own emotional uh, problems and clear it, mm -hmm. relationships can grow enormously. They can grow from ones that are, can be quite destructive mm -hmm. into relationships that can be harmonious and joy to be in. Mm -hmm. Another way, Gaia, is that I think when I started doing this work, mm. um, I think we all have to realize that we were co-creators of our lives or our lives mm. even before we were born mm. in the sense that 
we when when you do the, the interlife regression, the life between life regression that Andy was talking about earlier, mm. uh, we go into a part where the the soul is actually deciding what lesson they want to learn, why is it they wanted to learn that lesson, who are they going to, what other souls are going to come and help them learn those lessons. Mm. So, for example, if someone has chosen to come down and learn about addiction, mm. uh, this person has chosen soul A to be the mother mm. who is addicted to alcohol, for example. Mm. Um, soul B, who is the boyfriend who gets the soul mm. to be to, to start taking drugs, and soul C, who is the teacher who stops the soul from taking drugs to try and get this soul out of addiction. Mm. So in that way, the soul is already a co-creator mm. even before they come down mm. here and they start to learn their lessons and live their lessons. Mm. Um, because when we also do the past life regression, one of the huge transformational parts of the, the regression is we ask them a, a, a question, we say, was this planned, mm. you know, mm. and a lot of them, you know, they'll have a surprise look on their face and they go, oh yeah, I did ask for this, mm. you know, mm. um, and also, as Andy said, uh, you know, owning, owning that, owning the emotion, the negative emotion and wanting to move forward from it, that mm. takes a lot of courage because change really is quite an uneasy thing to go through because you know you're not in your 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 comfort zone mm. you're moving forward and you're doing something totally different mm. regression can also help because it can give you insight mm. um, by going to a life or to an experience where you had that joy for example mm. which then boosts boosts up the courage and the energy of the person and helping them to believe that, yes, they can have it. They just have to go through a little short period of discomfort mm-hmm. um, and can help them actually move towards that process of change and move forward in actually embracing whatever it is that they want to embrace, whatever their life plan was. Mm. And I think um, what you both were sharing about how useful it is in our current lives and the trigger points. Now, for example, I was a child. Um, uh, when I was a child, I had a very traumatic experience. We, I experienced the communal riots in Sri Lanka in, the ni- in 1983, and we had to run for our lives, and we were running for three days, and uh, the safety was completely ripped off from our lives. And um, now... I notice when I'm driving on the freeway or when, whenever I hear a siren or anything, I have fear. And again, I could relate to your client's um, fear of authority because the army that was supposed to protect us were the ones who were actually attacking us as well. So that whole safety issue was huge in my life. And I, I, I think I need a session too. And But yeah, that, that makes it really, really, yes, I can relate to that. And I think our listeners out there as well um, should take this point and note that they could create phenomenal shifts in what's happened to them in their current lifetime. Totally. Yeah. And inner child regression is also a very important aspect of our work because, you know, whatever happens to you as a child really stays with you and it's so important and so sometimes with a lot of a lot of our clients uh, we find that if you go to an aspect of when they were a child Mm. and work with the memory of of that particular event or the source event when they were a child Mm. and then help them in the regression grow with them Mm. 
using with that transformed emotion, for example, mm. but also very powerful. So, could you tell us a bit about the courses you are running um, in Singapore and uh, worldwide? Okay. Well, it, 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 they're quite different. The, the courses that we're running in Singapore are three-hour mini workshops, mm-hmm. um, and they're quite healing as well. Right. And these workshops, one of the, the, the vision for these workshops is to invite people to experience a particular past life mm-hmm. and to gain insight on various aspects of their lives. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if they're having troubles with relationships, um, we have a course that is called um, Enhanced Relationships Through Past Life Insights. Mm-hmm. where they can then go to a past life and and look for patterns or recurring themes of all conflicts, mm-hmm. right? Which will then give them insight to themselves, perhaps even to the relationship that they have with their partner so that they can transform and enhance their relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, another one that we're doing is, is for people to discover their hidden wow. talents and their positive resources mm-hmm. um, that they can actually bring back to their point of life right now and use mm-hmm. so that they can maybe be slightly happier, they can experience deeper love, they can um, achieve success in, in whatever they're doing. It's basically to give them confidence in themselves, right? right. To, help them, to help them feel that confidence in themselves. Um, another one that we're doing is discovering your life purpose. Right. Um, this is where we would like um, the participants to reacquaint themselves with their guides right. and to discover their their life purpose or their life lesson mm-hmm. um, moving forward. Again, it's all very informational. It it it's all insight. And the fourth one is discovering your inner joy, where you know it's it's where you, you go in and you tap into your own divine source and 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 just experience that peace and joy of being that perfect soul. And it's just reminding them that, reminding people that, you know, we're all perfect. Mm-hmm. We, we really are all perfect and we are all source because we all have, you know, a soul mm-hmm. within us and that source. And to just be in touch with that so that when they move forward as they're going through their life lessons, they're going through their life challenges, they can continuously tap into this reserve that many have forgotten and they can move forward you know, with more strength. Right. So that's what we attempt to do with the workshops, the, the mini workshops in Singapore. Right. Andy, could you share a bit about your work in New Zealand? Um, yes, the, uh, a large part of my time is spent training regression therapists in being able to use past lives or current lives or various energy techniques that we use in the healing process. Mm-hmm. And the uh, training originally was very European-based um, in uh, Holland, Sweden, uh, sorry, in Norway, Sweden, and the uh, the UK. Mm-hmm just recently extended to uh, Switzerland and Turkey. Mm -hmm. Uh, Two years ago, it started in Singapore, and those programs are ongoing there. 
Um, I'm working with Rena to take this uh, training into uh, New Zealand and Australia mm -hmm. and um, some plans to take it into uh, other countries in uh, 2012. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of demand for this work um, as people discover just how powerful it is mm -hmm. that not only are people coming from the, um, the professional medical world but there's a lot of people that are coming that are therapists in other disciplines and sometimes people come that have not had any sort of therapy background but they've had experience of working with others through the university of life mm. and they intuitively drawn to this training and mm. um, so it's designed to take them uh, whatever their background and experience is to the point where they can um, over a one-year program uh, go out and uh, help others through doing this sort of work themselves. Right. It is a professional training uh -huh. um, course. So in the year, uh, the participants have to clock in a certain number of hours to produce certain number of case studies. Um, and then the participants will then be given a diploma. Right. Yeah, so that they can then go and practice this with other people. Right, so th should they all have a psychology background or does it matter? Um, no, it does not matter necessarily. The psychology background is an advantage because it gives a very strong foundation right. to the work that is being done. I found that because of my background I could understand the principles, I could understand the different aspects of the therapy a lot better. Mm -hmm. But I think you know, in the course, we've had people who don't have a psychology background who can also grasp it just as quickly and just as well. Right, right Andy? Yeah, and um, one of the things is that a lot of the work we do is intuitive-based right. so that people don't have to remember long, complex things as some of the other therapeutic approaches where they've got different procedures for lots of different sorts of uh, conditions. Um, a basic framework is taught and then people are encouraged to use their intuition to link these together. Mm -hmm. So this is why, um, as Rina said, people can come with uh, a psychology or a medical background, but they can equally come as intuitives. And because a lot of their work is intuitively based, mm -hmm. then found that they get amazing results through using a slightly different approach to um, their, their therapy. So, uh, you know, the course has been designed to allow for people coming from either type of discipline right. and when they're on the training, they're just simply students, they're no different than any other students. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've had medical doctors with 20 years experience sat next to students who have not done any therapy before mm -hmm. and they're just colleagues. They're both equally new in the area that they're learning. Mm -hmm. um, and in fact, in some cases, I've even found students who are very intuitive or actually develop skills quicker mm -hmm. sometimes than people who I would have expected to have been very quick learners. Mm -hmm. So um, if people are drawn to the most important thing, people really need to resonate within themselves mm -hmm. that it's something that they really want to do. It's almost like, I think, with a number of them, it's, I guess, a little bit like me. When I was on the path, 
I just knew this is what I had to do. It was like a sole decision before I came down here. And I think with a lot of the other students, um, they have an equal uh, resonance within them that they just know they have to be here. Yeah, I, I so, had the same thing, yeah. I had the same thing. So we work really with anyone and we try to help them through. And if someone, for example, has got perhaps an awful lot of um, emotional issues to work with, we could do some private session with them beforehand so that um, they don't have quite as much to work through clearing the workshops. Mm -hmm. So we can adjust and help everybody, whatever background that they have. Uh, one of the beauty of this workshop is that um, while the participants are going through the workshop, they not only learn the principles and the framework um, to actually conduct a regression session on other people, but because they go through so much of it themselves, like I said before, I think I did six maybe sessions when I was doing the training, mm -hmm. that they go, they have the therapeutic benefits of regression as well as learning the skills and the principles to do it with, with other people. So it, it's actually uh, quite well planned in that way, that they get du a, a dual benefit. Right. Mm. Now, Andy, um, you're an author of two books and um, a third one, which will be probably coming out in March this year. Yes, that's right. Yes. Could you tell us a um, bit about your new book? Yeah, um, well, if I just explain the other two and then that puts the new book in context. Yes. The first book that I I put out there is called Healing the Eternal Soul. Mm -hmm. And that was written for students on the regression training program. Mm -hmm. But it was also written for the general reader as well mm -hmm. because it's written in such a way that engages people through case studies and discussion. Um, uh, so that's what it was actually written for. The second book, Exploring the Eternal Soul, uh, really looked at the experiences people have between past lives. Mm -hmm. So it really uh, brings together all of the pioneers who've worked in this area, right. plus some of the contributions to this whole process that um, I've been able to add. Um, and one of the things that makes it actually different than the other books about between lives, it takes... 15 subjects mm -hmm. and through the book it allows people to see how each of these subjects are experiencing the life between life and and also the spiritual benefits that they achieved afterwards you know how it changed their lives mm -hmm. in a helpful meaningful way and sometimes people get stuck spiritually not knowing where to go or what to do mm -hmm. and by touching the energies and by getting this information about why they're actually here and it can be uh, spiritually liberating for them. Mm -hmm. The new book that uh, I'm uh, putting together at the moment and hope to have available in um, March this year is a compilation by a number of the regression therapists who've had uh, uh, practices for long enough where they've been able to add deeper insights to the whole of the regression process. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit like the first book, Healing the Eternal Soul, mm -hmm. but it's taking it one step further. Right. And it's called Transforming the Eternal Soul. Beautiful. And um, just to give an indication as to the uh, content of it, one of the chapters 
is written by a leading medical doctor who's been trained in regression therapy, mm -hmm. and he talks about some of the clients he's had that have not been responsive to traditional medication mm -hmm. and how he's been able to use past lives and regression therapy to bring about radical transformations in their lives. Right. And in fact, as he was doing this work, a lot of his colleagues in the hospital were so amazed at the results mm -hmm. that they were actually sending more people through to him. And in mm -hmm. fact, some of the clients were some of the, um, the medical practitioners themselves because it can be very, very stressful mm. in uh, the, uh, the medical world. Mm. Um, and um, uh, the other chapters are on some of the amazing uh, techniques that can be integrated in that regression therapy, mm -hmm. such as how it's possible to do work with crystals mm -hmm. and um, different sorts of uh, uh, ways of using um, uh, energy transformation in this process. Right. And one of the chapters has been written by Rena, and I'll let her talk about the uh, content of that chapter. My chapter is uh, basically called Integration and Moving Forward, because I have, being a practitioner in Singapore, I am practicing um, with a lovely, lovely group of women who practice other modalities of healing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we cross-refer people to one another. And in that cross-reference, I've realized the power of the actual integration mm -hmm. of the, these different modalities to the success of the, the healing and to the success of the client healing and of them moving forward. Mm -hmm. And I'm a huge proponent of this subject where, you know, different aspects can be integrated to help the client more. Mm -hmm. There is an amazing book. Um, that I love that's been written, written by Richard Gerber, Dr. Richard Gerber, called Vibrational Medicine for the 21st Century. And he talks about how um, a, human, a human body is actually both, it's, it's physical, it's mental, it's emotional, and it's energetic. And how a human body is totally healthy when, when all these energy systems are in sync with one another. And so when, for example, I've had clients who've come to me with, with really deep anxiety issues, and when we investigated a little bit further, they also had endometriosis. Mm -hmm. You know, so there may be a correlation there between the biochemistry of the, the client as well as the emotional, as well as the spiritual um, aspects of them. Yeah, we say so, that biology and the biography are always linked. Exactly. Totally. Mm -hmm. Yes. So my chapter is basically on integration and how when you when you look at it when you look at a human being as a, an entire entity, an entire energetic entity, and you integrate different modalities to help the client heal and move forward, it's just incredibly powerful. And that's what my chapter is about as well. Oh, beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Um, now, this question is to the both of you. Um, do you have any insights or any advice to our listeners out there? One thing about past life regression, what I would encourage viewers to do is to try it, you know, to just experience it at least once. Because even if, they're, even if they do not want the, the actual therapeutic aspect of it, it's always interesting to have insights. 
it's a very fascinating subject, and it's always interesting to have an insight to what your experience was before. Well, I, I guess mine would be in a little bit of a broader uh, category than that. We're going through a big, big change at the moment mm-hmm. in consciousness. Yeah. And what's happening is a lot of people are finding that unresolved emotions are starting to be amplified in the higher vibrational state that the earth seems to be uh, moving into mm. and problems in the past that could have been just buried and forgotten are starting to cause more and more problems people are suddenly finding them almost like everything's a trigger or suddenly work is becoming just so stressful mm. um, and it takes a lot of courage to go through and go into change and Change can be just in taking a risk to do something different. Mm-hmm. It can be to leave a job that isn't right, or it can be to leave a relationship that's not right, and to move into something that's entirely new. Mm-hmm. You know, equally, it could be in going in and trying therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, life is about experiencing growth, and if we don't experience, we don't grow. And there's an opportunity for everybody to actually find more joy in their life. And to do that, you have to do less of the things that don't bring joy and more of the things that do bring joy. And both Rina and myself would like to hope that we can contribute just a little tiny part in this step of helping people move to more, towards more joy in their lives. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you once again, Andy for taking time off your busy schedule and um, granting us this interview. And um, thank you, Rena. Thank you for um, this interview and your time. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having us, Gaia. It's been um, been fun. Thank you, Gaia, too. Thank you.